Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Monday. Um, have we just given up as a country? It's a harsh question from Kay Hawksby, isn't it? Um, English, it's not what it used to be at school, apparently. Uh, the, it looks like they're finally going to get the ship out of the sewers, so that's great. Uh, Marcus wishes it had gone on a bit longer. And uh, driveway parking, uh, moan about that shortly. But first, uh, the Cook's Bubble. Is this happening or what? Imagine if we went to Australia, hey, we want to open our border to you, and then Australia goes, look, here's the thing. Your contact tracing system's quite crap, which it is. Um, we're really worried that next time we export a case to you, which might happen, you're just going to lock down all of Auckland. That's super expensive. You know, we don't think you should be doing that. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, no, you just stay there behind your, 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 your border. New Zealand, we're not going to open to you. Imagine if they said that to us. We'd be furious, right? Because we're adults. And surely we are the right ones to weigh up and judge the risk that we face as a country. Now, for the cooks, the risks of sitting behind their closed borders are massive. They are losing working-age people who are moving to New Zealand for jobs because the cooks is essentially shut down. Their biggest industry, tourism, is completely shut down, which means their economy is horribly impacted. They're running up a wage bill that they're not going to be able to pay back. They think that they've improved their healthcare system enough to be able to take cases from us, should that happen. Shouldn't they be the ones to decide whether they open up or not, instead of being dictated to by us. I think this is so – I really think we need to take a long, hard look at our paternalistic attitude towards the Cook Islands here um, and why we think that they, as adults, do not have the capacity or the ability or the sophistication to be able to make those decisions for themselves. There is probably, I reckon, a little, little bit of prejudice in there that we might want to address. My only real attitude towards the Cooks is uh, to do with cocktails and snorkeling. Um, it's been my general experience. So it's, I think you call that a positive attitude, generally speaking. Let's get the cocktails and snorkeling happen. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's all I can think about now. But let's move on quickly. Um, uh, Kate Hawksby, man, she started a week off a bit negative yesterday. But pace is not the only problem facing our vaccine rollout this far. A computer error caused a glitch for Canterbury vaccine patients the other day, which resulted in 716 patients having their name, gender, age and NHI number up for view, accidentally of course. So do we need trust issues really on top of everything else with the vaccine rollout? Trust, of course, a big buzzword for this country's COVID response. And I just wonder how useful trust is right now as a concept as opposed to watertight rules, double-checking and rigorous procedures. And I'm not just talking about privacy data, but also the high-trust model employed with MIQ regards bill paying. Imagine my surprise when I see there's $3.7 million, $3.7 million outstanding and overdue unpaid MIQ fees. Less than 50% of invoices issued have been paid. Is that a satisfactory strike rate? Is there even a strike rate? Or was that whole, hey, you have to pay for your stay thing, just a suggestion? What follow-ups being made on these invoices? What happens to all the overdue bills? Are there penalties? As of last week, no overdue invoices had been followed up with any debt collection process. But the ministry does send out letters. Oh, thank goodness. What does the letter say? Please, could you pay if you wouldn't mind, if, just if it's not too much trouble. I mean, why bother having a user pay system 
if you're not enforcing it? Why tell us vaccine details are private if they're not going to be? And why promise two million Kiwis will be jabbed by June if that's not going to happen either? Yeah, it's um, interesting, isn't it? That, that error that meant that everybody got to see everybody else's um, name who was getting a vaccine. I mean, who cares? But anyway, um, uh, Kate described it as a computer error. It wasn't a computer error. It was actually, in the stories I heard, it was a coding error because it's not actually the computer that made the mistake. It was the person programming the computer who made the mistake. So basically, the problem is that the program was wrong. Just so we're totally clear. This is a human error, not a machine error. Um, most of the errors around me are definitely human and definitely my fault. Th- that one wasn't. I wasn't anywhere near that particular thing. And now, um, English at school. Apparently, uh, it's been eroding away uh, less and less Shakespeare, more and more magazines. Um, is this a problem? So my thinking is that um, a lot of what we learnt set us up for roles that were relevant at the time. And a lot of those roles now, like the job I first have, is obsolete now. Mm. So I think education has to change. You know, I mean, it was before my time, but I believe Latin was once part of curriculum. And now that's obsolete. Mm. So I think as long as there's the opportunity, if they want to explore English further... Um, because they have an interest, a genuine interest, and want to maybe pursue a career in that, that they have the opportunity to learn uh, some of more of the traditional uh, books. That's I understand perhaps where their thinking is that you know things like coding is now taught in school. Um, so some of those languages and some of those books aren't as relevant today as perhaps they once were. Yes and no, I understand exactly what you're saying, but at the same time, the themes and the uh, the humanity within those books are actually universal. Uh, and while you can devolve and, and, and you know, uh, progress, for instance, coding is in, algorithms is in, I understand that. People are talking more in a visual way. There's, you know, that people are making videos. At the same time, at the end of the day, someone's still going to have to write down the script, you know? This is becoming a, a sort of a coding-themed podcast, isn't it? The guy's argument seemed to think be that Shakespeare didn't know a lot about coding, which is sort of true. I'm just trying to think, could I make some kind of uh, comparison to Ionic Pentameter? Probably not. I mean, there are rules. There are sort of if-then rules that you have to follow with certain... I guess that the real problem is that there's more to know than ever, isn't there? I mean, I think that you should probably still know about Shakespeare, but then you should know about coding as well. Maybe we should just stay at school because we've got it. There's more for us to learn than ever before, um, which is a disaster because I hated school. Um, I wouldn't want to be stuck there forever. Um, be like the Ever Given. Although apparently not stuck at the sewers forever after all. Looked like it for a while there, didn't it? I don't know about you, but I'm slightly disappointed the ship is moving. It was a conversation starter and an icebreaker. If you go to a shop and they didn't have anything, you say, ah, I suppose it's all on the old ever given. I loved it. Everyone had something to say about it. It even took three or four days for people to get up to speak. Loved the ever given.
thought it was fantastic. Anyways, that's moving. It wasn't an icebreaker. It was a container ship. License to tell dad jokes. I have two licenses. He wanted it to go longer. Has he seen what's happened to the oil price? Uh, it's, uh, uh, calm down, calm down. Uh, you don't want to end up like Kerry McIver talking about driveway parking. This really rips my nighty. And we've talked about it before, but this is a couple in Nelson. They moved into a rental property in central Nelson. They have a garage, but it was built at the turn of the century, so it's too small to put a modern car in. You could probably put a Model T in, perhaps, or a small Shetland pony in a cart, but you can't put a modern car into the garage. So they parked in the driveway. Not across the footpath, but in the driveway, or they park on the road across the front of the garage, and they keep getting ticketed by the council. So they applied for a, a residence permit to park, and they were told, no, there's a garage there. Well, it's too small to park in. Well, tell the landlord to tear it down and build a proper garage. All right, that's unreasonable. Why can you not park in front of your own bloody garage? With, with everything the council has got going on, and this is councils right around the country, why are they wasting time ticketing people who are parking in front of their own garages? It, it, it happened in Auckland as well. You had people parking across a garage, so they get ticketed. It's their own garage. It's their own space. I just think this is so unreasonable. They've had six $40 tickets. And they're not allowed a, a permit to park in front of their own property. <sighs> I think they should be, the tickets should be scrapped and dumb rules should be disobeyed. It's an offence, apparently, to park a car over a vehicle access regardless of whether or not it's the driver's residence. How does that make sense? If I want to park across my own garage, I should be able to without getting a ticket from an interfering, incompetent council. It's most unfair and unreasonable. And here I thought that was going to be about people parking in her driveway and her not being able to get out. Um, I saw somebody park in a stupid place in the, in the weekend and it made me angry... And then I looked across the road and there was a liquor store across the road and I saw people parking in the accessible car park um, across the road just because they were just dashing in for their liquor and dashing out again. They thought that was okay. And, and I got even angrier. My blood was boiling. And then by the time I... I, I was sitting in a cafe at the time watching all this go on. I got angrier and angrier throughout my lunch. And then by the time I got in my car to manoeuvre my way around the person who'd inconsiderately parked in a driveway out of the car park, managed to manoeuvre around them, I then uh, noticed that what I thought was an accessible car park was actually just a 10-minute parking car park. That's why it was yellow. It wasn't an accessible one at all. So I got a bit carried away there. That was a good story, eh? I'm Glenn ZB. Um... If you would like more of my long-winded, boring stories, 
And, and why wouldn't you? Come back again for another News Talk ZB tomorrow.